Welcome to the Two College and Beyond podcast brought to you by the Institute for Public School Initiatives at the University of Texas at Austin. I am your host, Michael King. Today's guest is Dr. Daryl Henson, who is the principal at Parkland High School in El Paso, Texas. Dr. Henson has been described as a vibrant, energetic educational leader. Dr. Henson promotes the success of all students by facilitating the development, articulation, and implementation of a vision of learning. As a school leader, Dr. Henson is regarded for his ability to shape a campus culture in which high expectations are the norm for not only the student, but also for the parent and the faculty members. Dr. Henson is also my old college roommate, uh, my best friend, pretty much my brother. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you still the youngest African-American high school principal in the state of Texas? Yes, sir. That is correct. So, Dr. Henson, tell me a little bit about your educational journey. A little bit about my journey, Mr. King. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's anytime I get the opportunity to share my passion about kids, I really turn on fire. So a little bit about my journey. As a young boy, third grade is when it started. I knew that I always wanted to be a teacher. In my room, I had a football on the chalkboard, which was very rare. But I always wanted to teach my stuffed animals or teach my little wrestling men. So the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, (laughs) they got some great math lessons from an eight-year-old. In the fourth grade, the superintendent walked into my classroom and shook my hand. Mm -hmm. And I asked my teacher, who is that? Mm -hmm. Had on this nice suit, the way he carried himself, his presence. She was like, that is the big boss. He's the one who ensures that you're learning, we're teaching, you have food. I was a natural-born leader. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved people. So the superintendent, he leads to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I carried it on through our middle school and high school. So I went to the greatest university on earth, the University of Texas at Austin. Mm-hmm. What starts here truly changes the world. Hook them. Hook them. And, and at UT Austin, I major in elementary education. So I had a vision for my life to teach elementary school starting with the youngest when I graduated. I taught fourth grade in the Austin Independent School District. I moved on to middle school in the Pflugerville Independent School District, Mm -hmm. seventh grade mathematics teacher. I began my master's program. At the same time, I moved over to Houston ISD, went back home to my hometown and taught high school mathematics and special education. Mm -hmm. Went on to become an instructional specialist at John H. Reagan High School in the Houston Heights while there, I pursued my doctoral degree mm-hmm. because if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to be the best and I'm going to impact lives at the highest level. I graduated from U of H at 30 years old with my doctorate and I was a certified superintendent by 29, wow. making myself the youngest graduate from the College of Education from the University of Houston. Got my first principalship in Lockhart, Texas, moved to El Paso to become the principal at Bassett Middle School. And now I am the proud principal of Parkland High School, the park in the Southern Independent School District in El Paso, Texas. That's an amazing story. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now? I'm 32 right now. So you're 32, um, leading a, a 5A, 6A high school. Um, how do you lead your school? I mean, with your age and with some of the educators who literally might have been in the educational realm for more than half of your life, how do you lead your school and what kinds of leadership um, do you partake in as far as like your style of leadership? 
I do not have a particular style of leadership. As a leader, you have to definitely be multifaceted. So I lead with passion and definitely high expectations. Mm-hmm. It's all about passion, perseverance, and purpose. Myself, my staff, the students, the community, we all know why we do, what we do, and who we do it for. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's all about student success. Our efforts are purposely driven. There's not a lot of random acts of improvement. It goes back to what I'm saying. We know what we do and why we do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm ensuring that we're working hard for kids, we're speaking life into kids, and we're very knowledgeable. I preach all the time about passion. If your efforts have to be motivated, then you're not passionate about what you're doing. Exactly. My biggest flaw mm-hmm. is not understanding people who are as passionate as me. Mm. We, we work in a career where we're changing lives every single day. Mm-hmm. What we do can change the trajectory of a child's life. And I'm not going to let a zip code or demography determine destiny. Mm-hmm. There is a danger in having low expectations. Everyone talks about high but there's a danger in having low expectations because the problem right now, not only is the achievement gap, it's the belief gap. Okay. The kids don't believe that they can do it. So therefore, if you don't believe it, then definitely you can't achieve it. So I'm all the time I'm teaching and I'm encouraging about being passionate about what you do and that there is a true danger in low expectations. If we do not give our kids at Parkland High School in Texas, in this country, a first-class education, mm-hmm. we're guaranteeing that they're going to be second-rate citizens. When did you first, uh, I like what you said about, uh, what did you call it, a belief, a belief what? A belief gap. A belief gap. When did you first notice a belief gap and decided that that was going to be uh, what you wanted, what your main thing you wanted to change with students, um, elevating their belief gap. When did you notice this with some of your students? Early on in my career as a fourth grade teacher. When, when students don't think that they can do it because they've had a string of teachers who haven't believed in them. Mm-hmm. And the words that they have said to them may have not been blatantly, you can't do it. But kids, these kids pick up on things, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. Mm-hmm. And so when a child thinks that they cannot reduce a fraction they cannot comprehend a higher level text. That That's sad and that's hurt. So mm-hmm. therefore that leads to an achievement gap. Mm-hmm. So whenever you switch the game up and you build relationships and you tell the kid, you can, you will, I believe in you, but ultimately you will because you're sitting in my classroom, mm-hmm. they will perform every single time. That's a great segue because I wanted to ask you, how do you build relationships with students, uh, your teachers, the administration, and Very important. One thing that I feel a lot of schools and a lot of districts uh, forget about the family and and the community. How do you build relationships with all those different facets? I'm myself. I truly I work in urban schools my my entire career. Mm -hmm. I am what these kids grow into. And so throughout my journey, I've been told that I'm going to change the way in which I speak and communicate. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a traditional Houston flair in terms of my charisma, mm-hmm. my vernacular, my lingo, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking that out of the way in which I communicate with my students and mm-hmm. my parents and my community and definitely not my teachers. I'm, I'm a very clear communicator. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that they're good communicators, but they're not because they're not clear. It goes back to just being purposeful. Okay. I'm definitely a giver and a taker. Mm-hmm. So I purposely make sure that I spend time in the hallways at lunches throughout the community 
at various sporting events, at the theater clubs. I go to all the different lines events and I'm just being, being seen. And then I think ultimately it's being, being transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, but having that, having that open access to me, to my door, to anything that you want to know about the school or your child, you come to me directly. I'm not going to make you jump through hoops. Mm-hmm. So, so being visible, being around, being myself, people all the time try to fake the funk. <laughs> and Dr. Henson is just a title because it sounds cool. Yeah. But at the end of the day with my community, I'm Daryl. Not, not, not to the kids, I'm Dr. Henson. I wish you would call me Daryl. <laughs> you know, I'm Dr. Henson forever. But, but with parents, I'm Daryl. I'm just someone who cares about your child's life. What does a winning day at your school look like as a principal? When you know you won the day, what does that look like? I'm sorry, can you just repeat that, sir? When you know that you won the day as a principal at Parkland High School, what does that day look like? Whenever students leave with smiling faces and I can go up to any random child and ask them, what did you learn today? And they can tell me. Mm-hmm. That means their instruction was planned and it was delivered in a facet to where the students understand. Mm -hmm. What do principals need to be successful with the regarding students, families and communities? Um, Yeah, because I know you you've had a very diverse journey to the position you are. You've been a teacher. You've been a student aide. You've been a vice principal and now you are a principal. So I I would like to know what tools and and what kinds of. Relationships do principals need to be effective and to be good at their jobs? You have to be an instructional leader. A lot of principals don't know instruction. And I say boldly that I have yet to meet an educator who is well-versed in curriculum and instruction and teaching and learning as I am. And why is that? I've had, why is that? Because I've had varied experiences and mm-hmm. I've, I had excellent principals. Mm-hmm. Ms. Denise Monzinga, who is now the superintendent in Rockdale ISD, mm-hmm. was the principal in Pflugerville, had the most influence over me and over my life in terms as an educator. Mm-hmm. She encouraged me, but she ensured that we understood state standards. We understood how our planning had to align to our instruction, had to align to our resources, to our activities, and ultimately to our assessments. And so now I'm able to ensure that that's happening here on this campus. Mm-hmm. But it's very rare that there's a major disconnect between teaching and learning. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we focus too much on teaching. Mm-hmm. That's the adult. That's the adult activity. Mm-hmm. We're not focusing on the learner outcomes and the children. So you have to be an instructional leader and you have to have a strong will. Too many principals mm-hmm. are able to to be blown off the block by a teacher association mm-hmm. or by community influence or by politics. I don't play politics. I'm not influenced by the association. I'm influenced by children's lives. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a will that's it's unbreakable, it's unshakable, it's unmovable. Okay. I have a will that's ahead of my time. It sounds like it. You sound very passionate about what you do. And I want to know, how do you lead an entire school? Like, um, how do you set a direction, a a focus, a mission for a school? What strategies do you use and how do you implement them? You have to start with a vision. It has to be a shared vision. But the vision is very simple. The vision at Parkland High School is to make kids better. Mm -hmm. And by making kids better, that's in every facet. Academically, athletically, and in the arts. Mm -hmm. 
by having a clear and communicated shared vision and provide your teachers and your students opportunities to stumble across the vision every single day. Mm -hmm. That's how you make it happen. A high school is a large moving organization. Mm -hmm. A lot of times these large 5A high schools are like small school districts. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has to be on the same page and truly understand what is their role in carrying out the vision. So right now we have vision committees. Mm -hmm. We have a committee for parental involvement, a committee for professional development, a committee for just basic vision implementation, and a committee for culture and campus culture and spiriting, and a committee for campus culture. Mm -hmm. So by being purposeful, knowing what you want, and understanding that mediocrity is not acceptable. So, Dr. Henson, traditionally, principals have always represented authority and, and discipline within a school structure. How do you fit into that representation? It comes back down to having a level of expectations for how students are going to behave and act in the learning environment. Mm -hmm. I am constantly in correction mode. Because if I allow it to happen, then I've lowered the bar. Mm -hmm. If I allow it to happen, then it's my fault. While you are at Parkland High School or any school that I'm working as the principal or superintendent, you are my child. I'm going to treat you as if you are my child. There are 1,500 students here who have the last name Henson. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, I must stay in correction mode. <laughs> if your hat is on in the building, I'm going to have you take your hat off. Why? Because that's the rule. That is the expectation. If you are disrupting the learning environment, I will come to the classroom. Not a lot of time, the AP, I will come to the classroom and I will correct you why and show you the right way mm -hmm. because I have to ensure that, as once again, as if you're my own child, that you know how to sit and receive instruction without, without bothering yourself or others. Mm -hmm. Classroom management and discipline is the most important facet of a campus culture and learning environment. Mm -hmm. You can have the greatest lesson planned in the world with the nice activities and a beautiful ticket out the door, your exit ticket. Mm -hmm. But if children aren't able to receive the knowledge because the classroom environment was disrupted, it's, it's all for nothing. All for nothing. Okay. Dr. Henson, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. And I just, um, just want to know why you do it and, and just your mind frame. Um, and the question is, are you active on Twitter? And I already know the answer. It's yes. But I want to know why you feel your activity on Twitter is important for uh, how you lead your school. It's another avenue for students, parents in the community to not only reach out to me personally, but they see me as a human. I'm able to highlight the success of Parkland High School. No one's going to tell the story of Parkland better than I'm going to tell the story of Parkland. I have mm -hmm. an obligation of that. Mm -hmm. It also allows me to, to be myself, putting up pictures of macaroni and cheese. By the way, for Thanksgiving, I cooked some mean macaroni, but I wanted to let the community know that your boy, Dr. Ansley, could throw down in the kitchen. It's okay. So, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. No, the, the macaroni, it was a five cheese mac. You, you really might want to test it. I'm about to give a lesson on that, speaking of uh, excellent lessons, but it provides me with a human factor. Yeah. At the same time, I get to spy on kids, too. Okay. They follow me and I follow them back. And so traditionally, I know if there is some sort of a negative vibe in the air and I make sure that I'm active on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. 
but Twitter is my main means of communication and communicating about the story of Parkland High School, that we are one of two high schools in El Paso County to receive all seven distinctions mm. by the Texas Education Agency, which puts us in the top 1.9% of schools in Texas. Wow. We're talking about a school in Northeast El Paso, ranked with Lake Travis, Westlake, Bowie, and Austin ISD. Mm. Being on Twitter allows me to just communicate and be myself with my community. Okay, that's a, that's great. So uh, before we get out of here, I have two more questions. Um, get back into the, the, the principal mode and what you do on campus. Um, how can principals truly evaluate how well teachers teach if if you're not really in all of the classrooms at one time? I've always wondered that. And I know that uh, that's one of the main things principals are charged to do is evaluating their staff. Um, How do you go about taking care of that? First and foremost, I am an instructional leader and there's very few instructional leaders. So we here at Parkland, we have a very well-defined and systematic process for instructional management. We have systems in place. We have a common language and I live in our data system eduphoria. By living in a data system, I'm able to see if, are we following our systems for our professional learning communities? Mm-hmm. So even though I can't be in every classroom every second of the day, I do tons of walkthroughs. Mm-hmm. I'm popping in at least 50% of my classrooms a week. So, I, so I'm in, me personally, mm-hmm. and that's very rare, I'm in every classroom once every two weeks. Oh, wow. And so by seeing it with my eyes, and then I go back and I have conversations with my teachers. So tell me about your lesson in terms of taking the standard to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to have that dialogue with teachers, I sit in every professional learning community or every single PLC. I I do not miss one meeting. Wow. I will reschedule a meeting with the parent or the school could be on fire, but we're going to have a PLC meeting. (laughs) And by doing that, we're discussing instruction. So I know a week prior what is going to be taught in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to give my input and give my feedback. And so I expect to see in the classroom what we discussed the week prior. Dr. Henson, plain and simply, why do schools need principals? Schools need great principals Mm. because the education system has not allowed most low-income students to break the poverty cycle. Mm. And I'm tired, Michael. When is enough going to be enough? When are school leaders and principals going to stop being politicians or being led by politics and start leading the fight against the injustices that our children face every single day? Schools need principals great principles because we have a platform and as long as I have a platform, I'll be a true advocate for students, public education and social change. You need people who have knowledge. They're able to execute. They believe in children and they have a will to make it happen. Regardless of the situation and what we've been dealt, I'm going to make it happen for children Principals are the ones who have to have that mentality, regardless of what. It is a uncompromised standard of excellence at Parkland High School. 
God. But that vision and that drive and that passion and that mission comes from the principle. From the principle. Mm. Without that, that can just lead to random acts of improvement. And it's, it's too much talk about kids. Too much talk, 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 talk. Don't talk about it. Be about it. That's it. Be- because we were put here. We were put here to change lives. And in this profession, there are not enough people who are here to change lives. And I will change your life. I will fall on the sword time and time again Mm -hmm. when it comes to being an advocate for children. Well, I'll say one thing, Dr. Henson. DH is what I call you. Every time I talk to you, I always leave pumped up. And I'm sure your students feel the same way. Um, I think it's important. I think it's important um, for you to continue to spread that message. Um, And with that being said, is there any way that uh, someone could follow you? Are there any websites or anything that you want to pass along to the audience so they can keep in touch with you and follow your journey as you impact uh, the many lives that you impact? Yes, sir. I would say right now, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Henson 2 at D-R-H-E-N-S-O-N the number 2 and of course on the Parkland High School website I would definitely like to say thank you thank you to the University of Texas at Austin my university here's my belief on education it's not business it's personal Thank you for listening to this edition of the Two College and Beyond podcast brought to you by the Institute for Public School Initiatives. For more information about the College Access Team at the Institute for Public School Initiatives, check out our website at twocollegeandbeyond.com. Again, that's twocollegeandbeyond.com. You'll be able to see our initiatives and other projects we have going on. You can also listen to past editions of the Two College and Beyond podcast. Also, please make sure to log into iTunes, search Two College and beyond subscribe and leave a comment let us know what you think about the show and until next time we'll see you later i'm your host michael king keep it moving